Welcome to Poverty Unpacked, the podcast series in which we discuss the hidden sides of poverty. In conversation with others, we explore how poverty affects the mind, relationships, emotions and society as a whole, and what can be done to change it. In this episode, we focus on the need for literature, poetry and other forms of storytelling to give more space to voices and experiences of unusual suspects, away from dominant white middle-class perspectives. I am joined by two writers who identify as working-class writers with great pride. Masuda Snyth is writer of novels and short stories and leads creative writing workshops for different audiences around the UK. In her work, she's interested in telling stories that we don't hear about enough, including from her own multi-ethnic and working-class background. Natasha Carthew is a writer of poetry and fiction for adults and young adults. All her work is set in Cornwall, and she is particularly interested in exploring rural working-class life. She's also the artistic director for the Working Class Writers' Festival. To start our conversation, I asked both Masuda and Natasha why it is so important that working-class writers are better represented. I think all the books that you're recommended or the books you read at school or the books that win prizes, especially not so much now. I'm glad to see there's a chimney in the 90s when I was growing up. We're very much all from a very specific kind of viewpoint, a very middle class, white, often from male authors that were, were the ones that were presented as a kind of high text or text that we should admire. And I didn't find stories about people who just had lives like me or people who came from working class backgrounds or people who came from a multi-ethnic background. But when I did find those books, they were filled with stereotypes. I didn't really see council estate life presented in literature at all, but in film, it would often be um, drug addicts. It would be a lot of criminal activity. It would be a lot of gang activity. Although I'm not saying that does not did not happen in the place I grew up, it was not the prevalent feeling I got. I didn't go around feeling like it was a really dangerous place. And I think that kind of makes people scared of people who live in poverty because there's this stereotype of it's all awful and terrible and there's lots of crime and, and drug abuse. And it just wasn't my experience. I think it's it's important that readers of all backgrounds hear voices that are from different backgrounds, but it's about authenticity, I think, the authentic voice. A lot of the times you can hear or you read stories that are written by people who think, oh, what, what, is, what is it like to be working class and what is it like to, to, to live in poverty? And it's all about lived experience for me because those, those stories, they're not being told enough. I think we're getting a little bit better. Publishing is getting a little bit better telling those stories. But it is so important that people, especially young people, hear those stories so they can put themselves in that place and vice versa. It's, it's about identity. So you read a story, like for myself, when I was young, you read books and you're reading kind of Enid Blyton or the Famous Five and you just think, well, this isn't me, you know. So it's, it's about that. It's about representation. And yeah, the, the lived experience is so important. And it's important for people to read those stories to get a, a truthful telling and also for people to see themselves represented in literature. Maksud explains how a lack of books written by people like her, female, multi-ethnic and working class writers, held her back, at least initially, from pursuing her dream to become a writer. So I decided when I was eight years old that I'd be a writer because 
that was the type of child I was and because I'd learned in primary school that you could be a writer that that could be a profession and it didn't even cross my mind that that would be a difficult thing for me to do because I was so passionate about it and I didn't realize there would be any barriers and as I then grew up and simply went to another secondary school that wasn't in my council estate area it was in a working class area still but it's just a little bit more um, affluent than ours but suddenly I realized there was a different view of people who were growing up uh, who grew up on the council estate that there was a different expectation of, of what you would do with your life that you, there was no expectation that you would do anything other than maybe maybe scrape some um, kind of college um, education maybe become a hairdresser maybe become a shopkeeper although of course all of those roles are valuable but there was just no expectation for you to to want to do anything different so suddenly, yes, I was suddenly aware that my experience wasn't reflected. Writers like me were not being published at that time. And then suddenly, yeah, I, I, I saw the barriers. But thankfully, I still had that inner child who was like, I can do this. And there's no reason that I cannot be a writer. I managed to go to university, which again, was seemed to be like a very high achieving thing for somebody coming from my background, because none of my friends managed to do that. And so I went, went to university, I studied English literature again got this message of what what is considered good writing and what it what is considered worthy of examination and not again not seeing myself represented in that and then I left university and thought you know what I need to get a proper job I'd already had planned to become a primary school teacher but I thought you know it, it is a bit pie in the sky for me to think I can be a writer so I'll just have a proper normal job like normal people and just focus on being a teacher and what I found is I was miserable because I wasn't doing the thing that I actually absolutely loved doing. And I did still, I think, reconnect with that inner child who had no doubt that I could be a writer. And I think if I hadn't had that experience, I don't think I would have persevered for as long as I did because it did take me a while to get published. But I knew that I cannot not write. It's part of who I am. And I wanted to obviously get get my stories out to as many people as possible. So, um, but yes, I, it, it wasn't without doubt along the way. Um, it is very easy to get influenced by other people's expectations. Natasha explains that low confidence, costs associated with promoting work and lack of connections in the publishing world also represent real barriers for people from working class or disadvantaged backgrounds to start their writing career. At first, I think it's confidence. I mean, not for myself personally, I'm quite a confident, right? You know, I've always been very confident because any knockback, I'm just like, right, okay, I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to smash this kind of thing. But I know a lot of writers do suffer from confidence issues and they don't know if they're good enough or their work is good enough. So it's that first hurdle of believing that self-belief to send out their work and ask for help if they need editing help. But it's also about the cost and the cost comes into it a lot at that early in the early stages a lot of people would like maybe help with editing or they can't access workshops because of the cost because of fees because of childcare, because of you can't afford the train or you can't afford the bus across town or as a rural writer when I was very young I used to write poetry and that was kind of my background and I couldn't afford to go and read my work anywhere. So I could never be validated from fellow writers or audiences from a young age because I couldn't afford to get anywhere. So it's that. And then secondary to that, when you have your work published, it's about who will 
talk about your work? What editors do you know in the press? It's very much about what you know. And I think a lot of writers forget that. For me, that is a massive part of the negative angle of being a working class writer. I don't have any mates who went to posh universities who can then write me a, a, a great review as a favour. So it's that sort of thing. And a lot of people forget that. A lot of people who have been to top universities, they know other people who will give them a foot up. A lot of us don't have that. There's, there's more barriers than people realise. Travelling to festivals, you can't afford to travel to festivals unless you've been paid. Whereas a lot of people who have the cash don't even think about that. They're asked to bring their book to a festival. They say, yeah, absolutely. They buy their train ticket. They pay for the hotel. They don't even think about fees, even though bar staff and, you know, a lot of people get paid at festivals and the writer often is the last person to be paid. For me, it, it's multifaceted. There's lots, of, there's lots of hurdles. There's absolutely a lot of hurdles just because of the financial side of things, which at a basic level, that is through the core of every hurdle that working class writer or somebody in poverty faces. It's, it's always hard to know why you get rejected. I know I've got a lot of rejections <laughs> and it's always hard to know the specific reasons because people will not tell you they can't take your book because they don't think somebody's going to read about a Bangladeshi girl growing up on a council estate. Nobody's going to say that to your face. But having now looked at the way publishing is examining itself, especially after the Black Lives Matters movement this year and addressing a lot of the issues, I can see where the barriers were. So there, there just aren't a lot of people of colour being published. There aren't a lot of working class voices being published or historically haven't been. Again, I think this is changing. I think last year we had Bernadine Evaristo win the booker. This year we've got um, Shuggy Bain, which is a very working class novel, win the booker and things are changing. But definitely when I was trying to get published, I didn't, again, didn't see books. If you don't see yourself out there, it's hard to believe you can belong. I also asked Natasha and Masuda to what extent their working class background features in their work, either in terms of where their stories are situated or in terms of the story's main characters. Yeah, all my all my books are set in Cornwall and they're all rural, but I do like to explore different characters and I do like to explore, I suppose, the, the circle of poverty. That is always there. I am interested in that. I'm interested in survival and I'm also interested in always telling stories that no matter what the characters the main character will pull through and I think that's really important and that's always been important in my work I'm not interested in saying oh look how terrible this person's life is and isn't it sad you know I'm not I'm not about that at all I'm about celebrating backgrounds no matter what and just about the no matter what you can pull through because of that kind of inner reserve that a lot of us have as working class people and also rural people as well. But, you know, we, we, we just get on with it no matter what. And that's really what all my characters are in my books, both in my young adult and in my literary fiction. All Rivers Run Free, which is very much about a young woman who has been dealt a lot of a lot of bad things, you know, and she, she, she lives in a caravan on the north coast of Cornwall. And that story is about her getting home to the south coast by following the river Tamar. She has to escape an abusive relationship. And through many um, meetings with different people, she kind of she starts to kind of get strength and her strength then comes from within by the end of the story. Um, now that's a really important story that I wrote. And I loved that. I suppose it does come back to my childhood. 
especially writing this new book now, Born Between Crosses, that thinking about my mother and thinking about my grandmother and ancestors. And, and, and I've spoken to different people as well to tell their story. And it's about that, representing those people in your past, those hardworking women who, through their steely determination, has made our lives better. I mean, that's the thing. That's the thing we're talking to so many working class writers over the years, especially women, is just that inner strength that perhaps a lot of them don't realise they have. And then through talking to them, it's just incredible that strength that working class women have to no matter what you what you have, how much money you don't have and the, the bringing up children and working a couple of jobs and keeping a roof over your, your family. You know, that's that's what I'm really interested in. And that's what I'm interested in with this book is that strength that a lot of people don't realise they have. And that's why I loved writing this latest book because of that. With my first novel, Things We Thought We Knew, that's about a British Bangladeshi girl growing up on a council estate. And I also am a British Bangladeshi woman who grew up on a council estate. So for my first novel, I think it really was a case of write what you know, even though I did believe that I was writing fiction and that it was um, all made up. Um, the more I examined it, the more I realised, like, even with um, Ravine having chronic pain, I didn't have chronic pain, but I did have a condition which meant I was pretty much isolated to my mum's um, council estate house and so it was in a very similar situation but I think I have always been drawn to those stories we do not hear enough of because I didn't see them represented um, when I was growing up especially in fiction um, which is why this, my second novel which is completely non-autobiographical is about a young woman who's experiencing homelessness I just I'm fascinated by those stories because what is it like to be homeless? What is it like to grow up in a council estate without the stereotypes that we often see? So the key for me with that particular book was to research and research as much as I could. I watched as many documentaries as I could, read as many books as I could. And then I volunteered in homeless shelters and I, I volunteered in a charity that works with sex workers. So I made sure that I really knew and had spoken to people and it's an interesting question because would I be comfortable with a white person writing about a person from an ethnic minority group or a person of colour? And I wouldn't. <laughs> and the reason is because we've heard those voices. We've heard white middle class people tell stories, tell our stories time and time again. And, and white middle class people talk about poverty again and again and again without having the actual experience. And I do think it's time that we allow people who've actually had those experiences to write about them if they want to. And that's not to say that if you come from a specific background, you have to write about that background, but that you should be able to and be given the opportunity to talk about those things if you want. Sadly, we live in a world where people from working class backgrounds are often portrayed in a bad light. People living on little generally are subject to negative stereotyping and ugly rhetoric. I asked whether greater representation of writers from those backgrounds can also help to shift those narratives. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because it's those sweeping kind of statements or the sweeping stereotype of working class people being uneducated. And by uneducated, yeah, okay, some of us haven't been to university. I didn't go to university, but I know I'm educated in absolutely everything because of life experience, I suppose. But those negative stereotypes 
they're really just unhelpful. So for me, and for people to write stories and to show the positive sides, yeah, I write about poverty, I write about kind of the shitty side, but at the same time, I like to show communities who group together, especially in my young adult books, the side that people maybe don't think about where on a council estate, every door is open. People will look after each other's children. People, if somebody's short of a fiver, there's somebody who say, you know, I'll, I'll get you a little bit of shopping. I mean, the community of being working class is something that a lot of people do not understand. And it's very hard sometimes to explain that. It's the most positive thing in the world to be a part of a community that shares and loves and doesn't judge. And I think growing up, that was definitely a thing. There was no judging involved in, in our community. That came from outside. But I think a lot of other communities are probably quite jealous of how kind of close we are and were. And that's, that's what I want to get across in fiction as well. And I think more people write about the positive sides like that, the sharing and the generosity and the laughter and you know i mean yeah i think it's really important that people write the positive as well as the negative because there's positive and negative in every story no matter what what class you come from well being working class is clearly an identity to be carried with pride i asked maksuda whether she ever feels pigeonholed being listed as a working class writer instead of simply as a writer um, so this is particularly interesting as a kind of intersectional writer because I do get pigeonholed, but often as a BAME writer of colour all the time. And my working classness <laughs> is often ignored, in fact. So I would say has as much to do with how I am as a person now as my colour. It was the way I was brought up and the environment I was brought up and the financial situation we were left in growing up in a council estate. So that is very much a part of my part of my identity not my whole identity but definitely part of it so is being a person of color so i am used to being pigeonholed I, I was at a festival actually and somebody in the audience said what if pride is just the absence of shame and that has stuck with me ever since because i when i think of these things like being classed as working class it's not something to be ashamed of it's something that I think we we need more to discuss more and to, to emphasise more because there is nothing to be in class. It's part of who you are. And that brings us to discuss the Working Class Writers Festival. It's set to run in October of this year, 2021, and Natasha is the artistic director. She shares with us what inspired her to start the festival and what we can expect from the event. We also hear from Maksuda about why the festival is so important and exciting. The inspiration came from, I think it was about three years ago, I was at a festival and it was the same people, the same voices. It was all very posh and lovely and it was all very white as well, which isn't good. And, and I just thought, God, it's just literally just white middle class people listening to white middle class people talk about their white middle class books, I suppose. And I just thought, well, this is, this is just not interesting for the people listening to these writers. And yeah, all well and good. I mean, everyone should have a place at reading their stories and talking, but you know, the representation wasn't there, the diversity wasn't there. So it made me think, well, why is that? And I started to talk to a couple of people and I put a call out to Twitter. I said, God, I'm really kind of sick of this kind of thing. Not being asked whether I can afford train fare. I can, luckily, but it's not about me. It's about everybody else. It's about everybody who, who would like to read their work, who has a book out, who can't get to a festival, and then they can't sell their books and do signings. 
And so the same voices get heard and the same writers get elevated, I suppose, in their careers. So I put out a call and everybody was like, oh my God, this is brilliant. And then I was like, oh my God, okay. Oh shit, kind of thing. <laughs> I've got to do this festival now. <laughs> but you know, but as soon, as soon as I knew it had to be, as soon, because I've never seen that many people just put their hands up and say, oh my God, and, and start telling their stories and, and agreeing with me. So, so that's where it came from. It's going to be this October in Bristol from 21st to the 24th of October. And we have just the best of the best writers coming. We have very famous writers, debut writers. We're going to have speed pitching events with editors, with agents. We've got lots of workshops that are going to be around the city. We're going to have a film festival, working class film festival, which will run in conjunction. We're going to have a literary prize that we're hoping to launch this spring, which is going to be a part of it. But yeah, it's, it's just brilliant. So I, I see specifically the working class festival as a progression in dialogue about because it is something we don't discuss a lot especially in Britain um, about class we we kind of think oh everything's okay now and it really isn't so to be able to have a conversation about that and social media particularly Twitter has been great for this because people have been able to say I'm a working class writer and this has happened to me at festivals this has happened to me and I get ignored at these specific um, kind of awards I get I, I don't get treated the same as my counterparts and the more that people can discuss this with each other the more we I think we can unite and realize that it's not just us it's not just us that is getting treated this treated this way and, and like I say be proud of of that working class background instead of feeling it's something we have to kind of especially in a very white middle class um, super privileged industry such as publishing do not feel ashamed of that side of ourselves when we go to kind of these swanky parties or, you know, when, because, you know, it is that type of environment. Um, so I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be so interesting. We've all, all made jokes on Twitter about how we're going to bring our tipped off and our working class foods with us. And I think, yeah, it's definitely just a source of pride more than anything. To finish our conversation, I asked both Maksuda and Natasha whether they have any advice for young writers, particularly from a working class background. Both talk about the importance of writing from the heart. To be fair, it's difficult for anyone to become a writer. It's a very competitive industry. There's many barriers. But I think if you are coming from a specific background and you don't see yourself represented, I think take heart in the fact that more people do now want to see these different voices and your voice is valuable if you can somehow put your voice in a piece of, of fiction if you're writing fiction that can just really connect with people it doesn't really matter if it's not being represented of elsewhere because your connection with the reader will, will be enough so I would say write from your heart and write from what you believe is is what you want to write and what I think that's probably where I've come from. I write the things that I haven't seen. I write about the experiences I wanted to know about. Yes, if, if, if you've got that story in you, it, just get it out as authentically as you can and, and make it something that will connect. And I think if you connect with the story, actually, it will connect with your readers. I think it's, it's so important to write what is from your heart, what you want to write, and just have faith that somebody will love the story too and no it doesn't have to be a negative story it can be it can be a combination of, of of things but it's it's all about truth i mean editors and agents are not really interested 
about your background at that point. They need to have a great pitch and a great story. That's really important. And also a lot of editors are actually working class as well. And they've got stories where they have climbed the ladder and they do want to kind of support underrepresented writers because at the end of the day, working class writers, we are the kind of the last corner of diversity, I suppose. Of course, you don't have to write about those issues, those themes, but I think it's good to, to, to talk about being a working class writer in order to inspire other writers and inspire younger writers as well. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please follow us wherever you get your podcasts and on Twitter or Instagram. Please also check out our website, poverty-unpacked.org. We hope you'll join us again next time.